Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 33 of Vague Zone. I am Daniel. I'm Thomas. And today we are discussing 1974's Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, directed by Jun Fukuda. Uh, would you mind reading for us the IMDb synopsis, Thomas? Absolutely. All right. Ape-like aliens build a robotic Godzilla to destroy Japan, and the true Godzilla may not be powerful enough to destroy it. So yeah, that's a interesting because it spoils that that reveal like right yeah, off the bat. <laughs> totally. Um, love, so for those, the log line that spoils everything. So for those of us just joining us, the way the show works is we work our way through a franchise uh, every other episode, and for the episodes in between, we take detours. And uh, Thomas and I pick whatever movie we want for these detours. So this week was my choice with Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. We are currently working our way through the MonsterVerse franchise from Legendary and Warner Brothers, so it felt appropriate. Um, and Thomas, what did you, what did you think of this movie, Me- Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla? Oh man, I love this movie. This is my first time seeing it, and it it just it's so much fun. It's just like such a nice, vibrant, campy Godzilla movie, just like straight out of the seventies. I feel like it was infected by like Bond fever a little bit because there's just like this espionage thing going yeah, on. Totally. A lot of the sets are just like super cheap. It feels like Forbidden Planet style a little bit, where it's just really just cheesy sci-fi matched with yeah just uh, actually like a a for the time a pretty good looking godzilla like very fluid very expressive and just so the overall experience is just it's just delightful it's just a fucking insane movie overall like the plot is ridiculous just dealing with like you know this prophecy and you know these aliens but the whole whole package is a lot of fun i love the music i love the big band like just the the banging of the drums and the horns and everything i think it just it just makes for a really unique little like taste of Godzilla. Maybe I need to see more Godzilla movies from the seventies, but as the first one, this is it was great. What did you think? Um, I definitely need to see more of movies from this era. Um, but yeah, this one I I had a blast with it. I watched it I think three times. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like super colorful. The action's really good. The plot is ridiculous. Part of why I watched it three times is because I was like, what the hell's going on in this movie? Yeah. Um, and it's actually on like it ends up being pretty straightforward. Like once you once you get the hang of it. Um, yeah. Like you said, there's like this prophecy. There's these aliens. Uh, it, it's really just. Yeah, I'll, I'll give the general breakdown. There is a, a some people find a strange metal in a cave and a statue uh, there's also a prophecy. I, I wrote the prophecy down. It says, when a black mountain appears above the clouds, a huge monster will arise and try to destroy the world. But when the red moon sets and the sun rises in the west, two monsters shall appear to save the people. Which is kind of a weird prophecy because it's basically saying, hey, something bad's going to happen, but not quite. Uh, it's actually <laughs> yeah. going to be okay. Uh, an, an event will occur and everything is going to be fine is the prophecy. Um, yeah, and then just do these very specific things just in case this happens. Put this statue yeah. here, and then but these it, results will happen. But like, is that even part of the prophecy, or is it just that the people figure out, like, oh, yeah, I, I think it's just the people figure out, like, okay, well, the red moon has set, and the sun is now rising in the west. We got to do something. And yeah, yeah, I think that's what sets off the clock, and also just seeing the black cloud, and then just the progression of events. But yeah, the plot of that seems a little odd. And then, yeah, just dealing with like these, this espionage, like these Interpol agents showing up and yeah. them f- figuring out what's happening. Yeah, that's happening really with the fucking aliens. weird. I forgot about that. 
it's just like kind of all a mess. And yeah, I was just joking. It's like, how many Interpol agents can show up in your movie to sort of just, hey, I've been I've been looking over out for you for the last six months and kind of just show up with the gun yeah. and, and sort of save you. So they hey, it's me. I'm his partner. Movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, you can't. Let be be careful with that Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> don't don't lean too heavy heavily into that. But all the monster stuff is super fun. Like I love just how silly and goofy the monsters look. And I actually I need to be honest. When I first saw Godzilla in this movie, when he shows up, he's making a really high pitched scream, and it was yeah. really confusing to me. And I was like, <laughs> what is going on? And then once uh, the, what's the other monster he's fighting? Angu- uh, how do you pronounce Angu- that? Anguirus. Anguirus. Yeah, I've, I've either always... heard Anguirus or Anguirus, like anger, okay. but I, I don't know. <laughs> I had trouble with that one as a younger kid. Um, but yeah, like he's fighting with this like spiked monster and the spiked monster like scratches off a piece and the metal starts shining through and it's like, okay, that's like clearly like the the fake Godzilla or whatever. And then I, like, I felt just like yeah. so dumb that that like that fooled me for so long. So I was just like, this Godzilla sounds really weird. And why is he just attacking buildings unprovoked? And yeah. Yeah. And then, like, just like ripping this dude's mouth open. It's like, it's like really bright red blood. coming that out. That fucking like, fight. Like, <laughs> so silly. That was way too much. For me. I don't, I don't like seeing the blood in these movies because it's like, like Anguirus or Anguirus or whatever, like he's an animal. Like he doesn't know, he doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> like, I don't want to see this yeah, guy it, bleeding. Yeah. Like I was thinking about that a lot in contrast to 2014 Godzilla where, you know, he grabs the, the you know, the big beast and like, you know, he basically the does Mudo. the same thing, stretches his, yeah, grabs a Mudo, stretches his jaw open and breathes fire down it. But here it's, it's just a lot more brutal when there's two people in suits and it's like one guy above it and like he it looks like he's scowling while he's doing it and it's just like this shaking yeah, and it's got just, these big it, anime eyes yeah if yeah, his eyes these are big just old extreme, peepers yeah extremely big in this movie and yeah it's it's hard not to get lost in those big eyes but yeah when he's doing that really brutal move it's yeah it's really alarming and that's he does that towards the end with mechagodzilla it's just like it likes to attack the head um, yeah, but in the fight with Mechagodzilla, Mechagodzilla is like fucking him up, and he's like covered in blood at some point. Yeah, and he's it, like putting rockets in him. Yeah, he puts <laughs> rockets in him, and then Godzilla flexes and like <laughs> knocks them all out. Um, but it's it's weird to see like these creatures covered in blood in such a colorful movie that feels like it is targeted way more to kids. Definitely, because um, it just yeah, I, I it's really unpleasant seeing Angaris like screaming in pain and stuff like that yeah it, i absolutely agree and that moment sort of shows up really early but i think it helps establish that this version or this incarnation of godzilla is just a much more sinister and evil version i guess that's at least yeah. that's how i interpret it Mecha, interpret Mecha godzilla. yeah because it's it seems very inhumane and yeah just, just extremely brutal i really wish so yeah I, this is the first time i'd seen this movie um and I feel like seeing Mechagodzilla on screen, it kind of brought me back to my love of Power Rangers when I was a kid and seeing like the big robots and fighting big monsters. I really wish um, the people controlling Mechagodzilla, the aliens controlling Mechagodzilla would have been piloting him from the inside <laughs> the way like Power <laughs> Rangers does. It's, it's a little weird that there's this disconnect between the villains that they're just like on the ground remote controlling uh, because it's like Godzilla doesn't get that victory against the aliens. He takes down Mechagodzilla, but I guess we have to have our human protagonists do something. And so, yeah, they yeah, end up taking down the aliens. Yeah, there's like this whole 
plot going on where our characters basically get trapped by the aliens and they're trying to break down their uh, what's it called their workstation like they're basically yeah, like, get out of the handcuffs and like <laughs> break down this workstation and then all the while the guy uh, Kuranu- uh, Kuranuma he's like shouting his <laughs> commands to make a Godzilla like, he's not like typing I just thought that was super funny that there's not like any lever there's a couple switches and stuff you know to, to flip on certain things when they're like alright you're gonna flip the switch and the green lights come on but usually he's just like okay, now go attack Godzilla, and then he goes yeah. to attack Godzilla. I just thought that was super funny. He's just, like, barking orders to this large <laughs> mechanical Godzilla. And, yeah, it's just it's just really, really silly, and there's all these silver jumpsuits and everything. What did yeah, you, what did yeah, you, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, what did you think about the design of the aliens? Oh, I was. that's exactly what I was going to ask. Um, it's cheap. It's fucking like they're just wearing these little fucking ape masks. Yes. And <laughs> directly Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Masks. So when did Planet of the Apes come out? Uh, 1968. Okay, so this is six years after. It's really like, was there still a craze? Because I know Planet of the Apes became a like a series, a franchise. So maybe they were trying to cash in or something like that. It just feels lazy, though. Yeah, possibly. And I, I think it's really funny because the reveal sort of trickles in. Like, the we see a lot of fights happen, and then, like, they'll fall on the ground or something, then, like, his hand will change. Like, like yeah. the guy, like, the henchman's hand will change or something. like. Or the guy, like, his face gets burned, and, like, half of his face is, like, yeah. the monkey face on, like, on, that the, was like weird. on the boat. Yeah, I was just, like, I was really taken aback by that. I and then, and then anytime, anytime they become ape people... Uh, they just start grunting. <laughs> like they completely like lose the ability to speak English. Or I, yeah, I watched great. I watched it dubbed just so they were speaking English in my version. Did you watch it dubbed or subbed? I watched it subbed. Okay. Yeah, dubbed. There's I don't know if these were issues with the writing or if it's just issues with the dub. But, but there's like a scene where uh, the professor or whatever is like he's examining the the metal, the strange metal they found in the cave, and he's like, oh, it's space titanium. And yeah. then the guy next to him's like, you mean it's from space? <laughs> it's like, yeah, dude, it's fucking space titanium. Yeah, and I think it's worth <laughs> noting that actor Akihiko Hirata, he's basically, he's, he's shown up in a few Godzilla movies at this point. He's from the original Godzilla, and he shows up in King Kong versus Godzilla. I didn't notice him. Did you notice him in that movie? I did not. I don't think so. No, I, this is, I had to give credit to you know imdb for having all these actors names is right in front of me but yeah when i was rewatching, i was like oh yeah this is the same like professor from the original and in oh, this wow. one he's he's just like wearing comfy sweaters and just like saying space titanium like i feel like he's just like having a great time being a more older like yeah a more established actor in like just well, the realm of godzilla and so he's just like kicking but back in <laughs> in the original godzilla he's sarazawa doesn't sarazawa kill himself yeah, he's a, a totally different character. He's just like <laughs> okay. He's just like just totally having fun, just being like a fun Bond kind of just showing up. Movie. Okay, yeah, and yeah, it's super silly. I there's a lot of stuff going on with the humans in this movie, sort of dealing with the espionage and Interpol and the space titanium, and yeah, it is a little convoluted, but uh, yeah, I think overall it's just yeah, really fun, campy watch. It's weird, yeah. Like the vibe is totally like i haven't watched much 60s spy movies but it has the vibe that i would associate with 60s spy movies um the music is so fucking good <laughs> like yeah. it's kind of it's so groovy and seeing mechagodzilla just fucking unleash hell on godzilla and king caesar which we haven't even mentioned king caesar mm-hmm. um 
yeah, just I, I read something that like the special effects director wanted to prove that Japanese films could be as flashy as Hollywood movies. And so mm. that I think that's why uh, this movie just has Mechagodzilla shooting lasers out of every part of his body <laughs> <laughs> and rockets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's yeah, there's like the... a yeah there's a scene where it's just like a solid like minute of just like explosions of shit just flying out of Mechagodzilla. Yeah, that's a really nice moment towards the end. Also, something happens earlier on, something I've at least never seen on screen before. Maybe you have when they're they're in the airplane, they're talking about the you know the prophecy and everything, and the guy has a flashback, and the flashback is basically twenty frames on screen all at once of the like the source, uh, not the sorcerer, the. Uh, uh, like the shaman character, uh, no, the priestess, like the Azumi priestess, she's like telling the thing about the prophecy, and it's like a very brief flashback, and it's just twenty frames on screen all at once of her huh. saying, saying, talking. Oh about the yeah, prophecy. now I now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like a grid. Yeah, yeah, the grid, and I was just like, yeah. I've never seen that in a movie. Like that's just that really took me by surprise. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, like, it's definitely like, playful with its style. Yeah, it's got it's like, like a new a wave thing going on. Yeah, and then <laughs> this whole King Caesar thing, there's this great sequence at the end where basically King Caesar is sleeping dormant inside of a large mountain. And our characters have gone through the great lengths to sort of wake him up and to break him out of the mountain, but he has yet to wake up from his slumber. And so the priestess gets goes to the beach the and she, she goes down and sings this, like, this really... Uh, this beautiful song about King Caesar <laughs> needing to wake up from his slumber. And yeah, this is all the while Mechagodzilla is just like very slowly walking towards trying to stop it. But like the music thing isn't even it. It's so after watching this movie, I also went back and watched Ghidorah, the three headed monster. Um, so okay. this is kind of getting to what have we watched lately? <laughs> but uh, that has, yeah, the, the fairies who awaken Mothra by singing their Mothra song. And okay. so it's like singing songs to awaken monsters has become kind of a recurring thing in these movies. I dig that. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel about Godzilla needing to grab monsters by the t by the jaw and crack the jaw open. I feel like that's just a characteristic that just has shown up <laughs> over the course of the movies. That's just what Godzilla does at this point. That's just his go-to move. And he's always flapping his arms like a chicken, getting super hyped. And yeah, he's got, yeah, he he's got some like... In this movie, where he like he's oh yeah, Mega Godzilla and, and misses and hits King Caesar instead, and he just he just drats. I just like that's just, just, yeah. just laughing so hard at that moment. But yeah, this is just like... yeah. It's weird how how like much comedic personality they give to the characters in this. Yeah, yeah what do you think about that last fight? We talked sort of talked about the the you talked about like the violence the violence a little bit, but I like the the. The tag team that they do, where like Mechagodzilla like turns his head one way and turns his feet the other, and sort of yeah. fires in both directions. I it's feel like, like a... King Caesar doesn't get enough to do. Like he kind of, yeah. At a certain point, he kind of just—it feels like he just kind of disappears, and it's just like a Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, and then he comes back at the end, so they can sort of like double team uh, Mechagodzilla. But yeah, Godzilla still gets the final blow. He rips his head off. Um, yeah. We get this weird, there's like a weird part of the ending with the human portion where the base is just kind of blowing up and one of the women expresses like concern over the people who were there. And yeah. I don't know if we really get closure on if they made it out okay. No, we not. don't. We, we do not get closure on that. <laughs> 
that's what I was thinking. I was like, is this one of the first uh, movies, or sorry, one of the first movies in this whole Godzilla King Kong thing that we're doing where none of the humans die? I felt like, yeah, this was everyone sort of gets out okay. Yeah, I just I found it interesting that we get a lot of human characters in this movie. And not a lot of them end up dying. And, like, a lot of the aliens, you know, they get kind of knocked out or whatever. And the whole, like, machine blows up. But, yeah, there's that talk about the the facility exploding. And, like, we do not get closure on those three male characters that were trapped yeah. inside of there. And, I, yeah, I found that to be kind of strange. Well, because I think one of the characters says something along the, line, the lines of, like, oh, well, they, they've done something great. Don't worry about it. They did something great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well... They could have done both. They could yeah. have made it out okay. Yeah, it's like they could have had you know the triumphant, the triumphant yeah, escape could, as well. They could be partying out here with us. Um, yeah. It's also weird when the humans wake up, King Caesar, and they're just like super fucking pumped about like this monster emerging from a mountain. Like there's there's absolutely no doubt in their minds that this is gonna work out. Yeah, it's like this is a fucking giant monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's a pretty erratic one. Like he's pretty like dog like and. Like his movements seem to be very unhinged a little bit, and he, like his fight with Mechagodzilla, he's just like rolling around, is like doesn't really like know how to like actually fight, and we don't really get a clear idea of what his powers are either. Like he's doing like a reflective yeah. thing, like where he'll oh Mech- yeah, Mechagod- he does. Mechagodzilla has a really awesome rainbow beam that he shoots out of his eyes, mm-hmm. and he'll like shoot it into Caesar's eyes, and he'll just reflect it back. And I thought yeah. that was cool, but I thought they would explore his powers as a deity a little bit more because you know he's this this big epic song to wake him up and you know they make a a really big thing about it it is cool because it feels like that reflecting the beam back moment is like a storytelling moment it's not just like a fight moment it's like we're learning who this character is um it's nice when you can learn who these characters are through like the action um so i guess learning that godzilla (laughs) What do we learn about Godzilla from his Dratz moment? I, I'm not totally sure, but yeah. Yeah. I, I Also, there's a moment where he goes to the, the beach and gets like struck by lightning and rejuvenated. And over the course of the movies, we get a lot of like rules about Godzilla. And yeah. I think it's implied. Power this changing. Movie, yeah. And this movie is it's highly implied that Godzilla has the power to become magnetic and, to, and yeah. to just like just bend the rules. Of that was weird. I don't know if yeah. that's like introduced in an earlier movie or not movie or not, but yeah, that was a weird development. Yeah, I yeah, it'd probably be good to know a little bit more history about his past fights and how he's gotten out of it and if that was like a, a cheap we're just gonna we've written ourselves into a corner moment, we don't know what else to do. But yeah, because it's, it's so silly seeing the the pig like power towers like go towards him and then you know, Mechagodzilla's stuck in the air and it's just like a little plastic toy. Oh yeah, and being pulled back. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I know. So yeah, like I said, I watched Ghidorah, the three-headed monster and Ghidorah shows up on earth as a meteorite, like in like, it's almost like an egg or something. And the meteorite is magnetic. So maybe it's tying into that somehow. Maybe those connect at some point in the series. I'm not sure. Hmm. Yeah, not sure. Um, yeah, I, yeah, just enjoyed this, like the campiness of this movie. I really enjoyed the fight at the power plant i thought they were just going really big with all the explosions and all the fire and then having um godzilla versus mecha godzilla but mecha godzilla is still inside of the artificial skin or whatever then like it burns yeah. off and then you get like this this nice moment where you get all the shots of his body parts as we're working up and yeah i like that you, and you like say, the people watching quickly make the 
connection that like oh he must be a mecha godzilla yeah yeah right okay also <laughs> sure I like how close they are to that fight because in all of like the more recent hollywood ones you know they're they're up in these ships they're really far away it's all about you know getting humans as far away from these fights as possible but in this one it's just like the four of them like hunched up really closely to the action like near a yeah. car and they're just like just trying to watch and it's just like it seems so like you should be running <laughs> you should yeah, be like, getting the fuck out of like, here like that's two monsters fighting in a power plant and you're just like, like yeah. oh this is like so much fun danger yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. like, no nah, nah, it's, it's good it's good yeah and then they all live it all turns happily ever <laughs> well we don't know some of them might not yes yeah, yes yeah, we get that yeah. a fucking explosion <laughs> and when that explosion happens at the at the end at like the the alien headquarters it, it's weird it it's like the explosions aren't layered on each other it ha- has this sort of effect where it sounds like they had a, a bunch of different explosion sound effects lined up and they were just like turning a knob through all of them. It sounds yeah. really clunky. <laughs> yeah, I like all of the sci-fi stuff. What do you think about the the alien leader? <sighs> I mean, I didn't really think much about it. I thought his weird, his like birthmark bruise thing was kind of strange. Um, but yeah. I don't know. Like, it, it, it's interesting that this is kind of just, a, it feels like a spy movie. It's like a spy sci-fi monster movie. Um, yeah. And... It's just kind of a weird genre mashup that, like, the human element is stupid, as we've sort of been conditioned to accept with these movies. Um, because, yeah, this is something I was thinking about when watching Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster. It's like, that has a pretty poor human story. And when you're making a giant monster movie, how do you make it so... It feels like, how do you make a movie where the entire movie isn't just about the big monsters because it's like anytime there's giant monsters fighting in a city that's probably the most important thing that's happening in that city um absolutely so but you can't just make every one of these movies a disaster movie because then the series becomes stale it just becomes repetitive and so you have to have some sort like yeah i guess fucking make a make it about aliens coming to attack (laughs) um why like we got to do something yeah and I, I think the choice is is really interesting because yeah they they chose something that is pretty campy and I think they had fun with it like yeah I like the guy he's just like barking orders to make a Godzilla he tries to bake our heroes alive and like in this room and I, I thought that was just yeah. like a pretty just like brutal like Bond villain type of yeah, like classic. torture device he's just like I'm just glad a room that's an oven that's it <laughs> like, like no yeah. nothing else like, that's basically it so it was really fucking have- dark. We have to, like, there's a stalactite or a stalagmite. I always get the two confused where we have to, like, bend it in half and reveal a uh, a button that re- reveals a secret doorway to the villain's hideout and stuff. Yeah. And it's yeah, all just silly. Magical pipe that has the ability to short circuit electronics. And if we yeah. can get this pipe out of the doctor's pocket, we can we can sort of get this whole thing going. Yeah. <laughs> sort of take, take down their electronics. Yeah. I just... I enjoyed all of that stuff. Just, just fucking delightful. I think that basically sums it up. I like the in the first fight. I think it's the first time we see uh, just straight up exposed wires in like a Godzilla movie. When oh he yeah, up Angus. I, I just giggled at that. Just kicks him up into the sky or whatever. He's, he's doing it like very, very slowly, but yeah. You just I mean, I'm wires. I'm sure you see those earlier in the series, but like, yeah, we haven't watched all of these, so yeah. And so it's just yeah, it was just an, a charming moment to just re- remind me of just like just the lineage of all these movies and just how the production value just shifts and yeah the limitations of what they're working with and yeah yeah and i find it charming because i I feel like this is a in a particular era where it's moving away from the seriousness and it's 
mm-hmm. caught in this era of low budget, just, you know, sort of freedom of uh, filmmaking. And we have the ability to have Godzilla go drats and to like, you know, be able <laughs> yeah. to have uh, King Caesar just roll around like a like a wild dog. I think that's just it's just all very like expressive and just yeah, really vibrant. I think this might be after we've also had the I want I forget what the little Godzilla's name is. I want to say his name's like Mini Jira or something like that. Not uh, Godzuki. It's not Godzuki. Uh, I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> Godzilla Junior, aka what is it? Oh, that's not. It's not even Godzilla Junior. Manila. I thought it was Mini Zilla. It's just Manila. Okay. But yeah, I'm pretty sure Manila has already been a thing by the time we get to Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. And so we're full goofy at this point. Okay. Um, Gotcha. Because, let me see here. When is Manila introduced? Son of God. Destroy all monsters. Yeah, destroy all monsters, I want to say, is like halfway through the the Showa era. Am I totally wrong? No, No, I think you're Destroy all monsters is 1968. Yeah, which is six years earlier. So, but yeah. So yeah, these movies have like fully leaned into being goofy. Uh, mech, mecha uh, content was big at the time. Mecha movies, mecha anime, TV shows, and so yeah. they were like, "We need our own action figure in this movie." And it would be a f- cool fucking toy if I was a little kid. And when I saw this, like, I'd be all about it. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, I'm an adult and I'm super into it, <laughs> and because it reminds me of when I was a kid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so I think that, that basically wraps it up for Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Uh, what have you been watching this week? So, like I said, I watched Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster. Um, it is... I feel like it's not as good as this one. I like this one a lot more. Um, okay. I feel like the directing feels a bit better in Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster, but Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, the action's just, like, way better. It's, like, so much more over the top. Um Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster does have a great scene where the twin fairies are translating an argument between Mothra, Godzilla, Rodan, and Ghidorah. Or, no, no, Ghidorah's not there. But, um, yeah, where it's just like, they just can't get along. They can't agree to help out to defeat Ghidorah. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, so that's fun. But, uh, I mean, once they actually start fighting Ghidorah, it's just like, meh, like, Mothra's just spraying him with her, uh, like silk or whatever or sticky stuff yeah. and then yeah godzilla's just, like at one point Ro- she's riding on rodan's back and like spraying Ghidorah in the face the faces which is nice <laughs> while godzilla's just kind of like holding them down but um Some teamwork i don't know yeah like the, the the story's not very good the human element um as as you could probably assume in with any of these movies um and just like the action is just it's just not as good as seeing mecha godzilla just like fire you know missiles out of his fingers and stuff so yeah but, um yeah and then um of course i watched falcon and winter soldier but i i assume we'll get to that later uh w- what have you been watching uh this week i've been watching a lot of atlanta i finished that this week just because got back into hulu i like watched the first episode of legion but i was like okay let me just do atlanta first because i know i can just like yeah. get this out in a couple of days and yeah, I just love that show. Love the cinematography of that show. Just the look and feel of it. Yeah, it's just some, something fantastic. Uh, have you watched both seasons? Uh, I think I've only watched the first season. Oh, I gotta watch season two. It's so good. Yeah, it's like 
I, I, I say it's like probably one of the strongest TV shows to come out in the last 10 years. It's just, fucking good. It's just one of the, like, there's a lot of TV shows that are really good. Yeah. And yeah. it's hard to commit, you know, it's hard to make time. I feel it. Yeah. This one also struck a chord just for it being Donald Glover and being rap and, you know, just yeah. all of those things, just the, the surreal side of it too. But you know, the whole pitch of the series was like, he described it as twin peaks with rappers. That's how we like sort of sold the mm. show to FX. And, and they actually, I feel like they didn't really follow up on that promise in the first season. They actually, yeah, sort of not at all. To, <laughs> they, they, they get fucking real horror and real weird in season okay. two. And so season two is really strange. It has a, an iconic episode called a uh, Teddy Perkins. That's really popular among fans. It's just a very, very surreal, strange episode. And so, yeah, people like, I mean, we talked about Lakeith Stanfield on the show. He's yeah. a fantastic actor. He's really good in that show. But I also want to mention Brian Tyree Henry because he's going to be in Kong, for, uh, yeah, yeah, Godzilla versus Kong. And yeah, he's he's fantastic. He's like just really, really good in that show too. So I cannot recommend that enough to you and our viewers. So yeah, if you <laughs> haven't seen season two of Atlanta, watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it. It's hella good. But um, watch that. Is this... the, oh, sorry. Uh, Go ahead. Um... Is the is the Twin Peaks comparison just about like the oddball characters, or does it actually get into like um like murder mystery territory or something like that? Uh, no, and that's the thing. It's like <laughs> I like watched a good chunk of Twin Peaks, but I was not super super into it. I guess yeah. like I was watching it, but I was like, I don't know if I'm like really yeah, enjoying what I'm watching. Twin Peaks. It. <laughs> yeah, I, know I know you're like a huge fan of it, but I don't think it gets super into that territory with yeah. Atlanta. But it, it does offer a, like a story in a way that I think is, is just like really well done. And yeah, it's, I won't spoil it. It's great. Um, season two is super strong. Um, but yeah, th that like, that was like the big thing I watched this week. And then, uh, have you seen bad trip? I watched that this week. <laughs> no, I know it's like the number one movie on Netflix right now. I don't know if it's like your kind of movie that you'd be into. Cause do you like prank stuff? You know, like Eric Andre jackass kind of shit. I do. I, I like both of those. Yeah. Okay, I think it's a, a nice, like, package of that. Like, the shit that they do is just ridiculous. And, yeah, I I think the pranks are pretty noteworthy. Not only like noteworthy, or, like, super creative. But I think the reactions that they get make it a worthwhile watch. And, yeah, there's some pretty silly shit. Um, but, yeah, I was going to mention that in, uh, in connection to something else that came out this little nas x music video that dropped this week are you familiar with yeah this I, I i know that I, like i'm on twitter I, I have to be familiar with dude if i'm on twitter um yeah. but yeah I, I skimmed the video today just to know what the fuck people were talking about yeah like people are like getting up in arms over this video of <laughs> my boy twerking on it's the like, devil yeah what's the big deal <laughs> yeah i was gonna say like, i think there's something slightly more shocking in bad trip than there is in that little nas x video like there's some there's a scene in bad trip that's like gaining a lot of buzz on the internet that's just i think it's pretty fucked up <laughs> and like well like what happens is like absolutely ridiculous but i think people tripping over little nas x is just like this it's a reaction to this black artist. It's just a reaction to it's a reaction to this this gay artist. It's you know it's, yeah. it's like all of that like you know prejudice wrapped into it's one. It's the same and, thing know. as like people were shitting on wet ass pussy, and it's yeah. like, it, who cares? Like, this is so <laughs> offensive. This is so bad for the kids. Have you I'm heard like... of all of heavy metal? Because all that shit's about like <laughs> Satan and shit. So it's like who cares? Yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was funny that people sort of up in arms about that, but also 
Bad Trip came out this week. And I'm like, Eric Andre gets raped by a gorilla in that movie. And like, <laughs> that happens in front of kids. And so yeah, like, aren't those kids, aren't those kids going to be a lot more scarred by seeing something like that happen? And it's so, all yeah, Culture war bullshit. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Just it's getting hot. People are getting vaccinated. People are going out, <laughs> drinking coffee, drinking beer. People are getting, getting riled up. So it's going to be an exciting summer. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I actually enjoyed this episode this week. Did you enjoy um, it? <laughs> I, I think I just don't like, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> okay. I, I don't like the, the chemistry between these characters. Uh, and it goes back to Captain America Civil War, which I think is when we first really see them interact with each other. Um, they have this sort of like antagonistic relationship that I just, I don't really understand like where it's coming from. And I really liked the way this episode started where it's just it's mostly just focused on this new Captain America and it's pretty serious and mm-hmm. we get this argument between Bucky and Falcon where they're talking about um you know why did you give up the shield and stuff and it feels good until then they start ta- arguing about like wizards and shit like that uh wizards and androids <laughs> and stuff and it's like okay well now you're doing the joke thing and it's like yeah. you got to do the joke thing and it's like we were having a pretty serious moment, a pretty serious argument between these characters. And like, why do we have to turn it into a comedic beat? Um, I feel that. I thought, I, I thought we get more serious stuff with the whole, uh, uh, the black super soldier thing and that, like that program being yeah. sort of swept under the rug. And I thought that was a great reveal. And yeah. that made me much more excited about where this show could go. And I feel like once they can get past, the initial awkwardness get past its flag smasher stuff and it'll be a much stronger action show but I, I'm, I'm with you it's a little shaky yeah the 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 flag smasher stuff they're being made out at at first it's like you know oh they're villains they want uh, a world without borders and it's like okay that's good <laughs> yeah. but uh so now it's making it pretty clear that like okay these are actually going to be like if if they're either they're the heroes or they're sympathetic villains uh, and this new Captain America and hopefully the U.S. government are going to be the villains. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's making that stuff clear. Uh, yeah, the black super soldier stuff is cool. I think it's like a cool piece of lore that I, I think they need to build out more for it to, you know, be more, um, I don't know, just like have more value to the, the show as like a series. Um, totally. Be more otherwise, substantial. Yeah. Otherwise, it just feels kind of like a like a piece of lore. Um yeah. But yeah, I want that. Yeah, it would be cool if that becomes more more of an active thing. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to keep watching it. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I I think I'm I like I was on the fence and not uninterested and then this episode sort of sold me. Yeah. And now I'm like, okay, like I I'm sort of on on board and looking forward to see Zemo show up and, you know, to yeah. to, ha- to like I feel like all TV shows are like the first few episodes are going to be rough and so it's going to get into its its rhythm down the line and I, I I sort of see the potential in it. Hopefully, they they dive into those racial things and get into them in a more nuanced way. But. Yeah, it is interesting. It is dealing with like way more serious subject matter than I thought it would. Um, like I was kind of just expecting like a normal Captain America style action show, and it's like, oh, you're actually talking about like racial politics. Um, yeah. And yeah, I find the scene with the little kid to be really interesting when he's like, like, I'm not Black Falcon, just call me Falcon. You know, like, yeah, I, the scene is really interesting. Meanwhile, he's white, uh, Bucky's white wolf. <laughs> yeah. 
Bucky's White Wolf, and he's been reading Tolkien since day one. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I was into it. You know, it's 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 winning me over slowly, slowly but surely. Okay. And I was kicking myself. I was like shaking my fist at the sky, like damn it, Fiege, damn it, Marvel <laughs> did it again. Uh, yeah, I think I think really it just comes down to me not liking the chemistry between these characters, just because I'm not I'm That's not fair. totally. I don't I don't get it. I don't like it feels like so I remember okay, it always comes back to Star Wars. Every fucking movie you talk about <laughs> comes back to Star Wars. Um in Rise of Skywalker, there's this oh, uh when Ray is like having this argument with Poe at the beginning. And it feels like it's doing this thing where it's like, see, they have they have a chemistry. A like this antagonistic but friendly chemistry. And I has it earned that <laughs> like has that style of relationship being er been earned i don't know where these characters are coming from like i i don't i i feel like i don't really know who these characters are like what their personalities are um and so seeing them butt heads it doesn't yeah. it doesn't feel like an org i don't know it doesn't feel organic uh i could see that i mean uh, i guess I'm sort of letting it slide because, yeah, there's just so many fucking characters in this entire Marvel thing, and there was just a really laser focus on Tony and um, yeah. and Steve, and, you know, I think they were probably likely sidelined and, you know, likely ignored, and I think that's probably where some frustration probably arose from, and that, I think it's just just a lot. Of so here's, <laughs> here's a good example of, like, a kind of an antagonistic relationship. Uh, Star-Lord and Thor how they have that kind of weird yeah, back and yeah. forth. It's like, we know who both of these characters are. So when they butt heads, we know, we understand that it's like a matter of ego uh, between yeah. these two characters. And like, we understand what's driving that conflicted interaction. With Bucky and Falcon, I don't understand what is driving this conflicted interaction because I don't know enough about who these characters are. I, I, I see that. I can totally see that. Yeah, Thor 4, Doctor Strange 2. <laughs> Spider-Man 3. It's not going to stop. There's no end in sight. We don't know how to turn off the faucet. We're just going to let it keep yeah. running. And I'm going to fucking keep watching them. <laughs> like, I'm not going to stop. It's candy. Yeah. So, yeah, the next thing we're watching is... Godzilla, Godzilla. versus fucking it's Kong. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, and by the time this episode drops, we will have seen it. Yeah, which is fucking weird. Um, so... I've I've had some things spoiled for me, so I'm not going to talk. But I want to know. I know you you have before we before we started recording. You said you have kind of gone a radio silent on this movie. Um, Try my best. Yeah. What are your predictions? What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> uh, like honestly, I don't know. Like, yeah, I expect there to be. Yeah, it's, I feel like there's going to be Titans showing up, but I I think it'll be a manageable amount. You know, I don't think it's going to get too crazy. I hope it doesn't get too crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I I think this the human story will be good. I I have high hopes. Like, I think the fact that we've had some time to be with these characters and this is like the third one. Like, I think they they hopefully they figure some stuff out. And I have hopes, high hopes for the cast. And I hope it's just like a, a nice ridiculous romp. You know, I just want something sort of silly. Yeah. So, overall, um, do you think it's possible to pull off a movie that is? majority monsters fighting and still have it be compelling like what does that look like <laughs> how do you do that yeah I, uh, that that would be so good to see i think yeah super smash bros just because <laughs> it feels like i remember thinking uh you know hearing that fury road was going to be 
90% car chase. And it's like, how do you, yeah, yeah, I absolutely fucking want that. But how do you make that compelling for the entire runtime? And they pulled it off. So it's like, could someone, but, but you have characters speaking in that movie. Um, there's not a whole lot of dialogue because it was mostly planned out as storyboards from what I've heard. But uh, can you pull off a movie where it's just the the bulk of it is monster focused and the humans take a, a major backseat? Yeah, it's got, I think it's, the momentum is the key to that. Yeah. Us being not like sag down on like, okay, big highs and really low lows. I think it's, it needs to just be steady. I think the Fury Road is really, really great at that. Yeah. Um, I think you would have to give a lot of personality to the to the monsters and establish yeah. some sort of stakes for them. Uh, give one of the monsters a kid. Have them defending their kid. There you go. The kid gets kidnapped. <laughs> we all understand what that looks yeah. like without dialogue. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it could be a smaller Kong that or something like that. Or... Yeah, or Godzuki. Come on. <laughs> Although, I, if you're doing Kong, then yeah, it's it's you can be a little more human and. Uh, with how you personify the character and you can have the montage of them suiting up getting ready to go into battle from commando yeah. um, sharpening tools yeah fight yeah training oh if you get some kong drinking some of that that juice some of that red juice oh, the red oh, that, berries that, that would be that would be a <laughs> well that makes them fall back. asleep though <laughs> Well, maybe maybe Godzilla it would be poisoning because obviously they've they've swapped the rules. You know, Kong was powered by electricity at one point, so yeah. <laughs> I think they can just do whatever they want. Yeah. All right. Cool. So yeah, Godzilla versus Kong is our next movie. If you would like to contact us, you can email us vaguezonepod at gmail You can tweet at us on the Twitter at vaguezone. If you want to talk to us about this new little little Nas X video, this blasphemous twerking yeah. video. If you want to <laughs> text Demonic. us about the Godzilla the Godzilla Kong fight, your predictions of who's going to win, let us know. But yep. This has been episode thirty three of Vague Zone. Thanks for listening. I'm Thomas. And I'm Daniel. Catch you on the next one. Thank <laughs> you.